Yeah, I would say start with the low cost, the low cost things that you can do, right? Whether that's hiring an SDR uh, or even outsourcing it, you know, somebody that's going to generate leads for you via the phone um, and also using cold email, um, LinkedIn, things like that that are super low cost because you really need to nail your messaging down a lot of people think, oh, I can just turn ads on. And if your messaging is not resonating with your ideal customer or it's not converting right, you're spending a lot of money on ads before you've really perfected that messaging or what's going to convert or what's going to resonate. So do the low cost channels like the phone, email, LinkedIn, social media. Use those channels to really craft your messaging, see what works. And once those start converting well, then you can put some fire on it or some gasoline on it by turning on some ads. Hello, dreamers and action takers. Welcome to another episode of Want Money, Got Money podcast. I'm your host, Sam Kamani, and my today's guest is Colin Mitchell. Now, Colin is the founder and chief revenue officer of Monster Voip. So, Colin, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. I'm so excited. I, I love your background. You've done so many different things. You've been an um, entrepreneur multiple times. You've started multiple companies. Yeah, Sam, thanks so much for having me on the show. So, um, like you said, you know, I've been involved in uh, various different businesses. My first business I started, uh, geez, almost, uh, I guess, about eight years ago with my wife. We started that in our one-bedroom apartment and bootstrapped to two million bucks and about tw- uh, to build strapped to five million bucks in about twenty six months. Amazing, um, yeah. And so from there, you know, I've been into different things. I ran a small marketing agency. Um, the thing that takes up most of my time now is I run a voiceover IP and unified communications company. Um, so we help companies improve their communication tools, and we typically save them anywhere from thirty to fifty percent off their telecom bill in the process. Um, and then my newest project that I'm super passionate about is uh, something I started with my good friend, Christopher Decker. um, And it's a company called SalesCast, salescast.co. And what we do is we help people start, manage and grow podcasts. Amazing. So many questions about that later on. (laughs) Um, So um, what were you doing before when you started this um, company with your wife? you know, when you're bootstrapping that, what were you doing before that? How did you make that transition to entrepreneurship? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I was, I got my first job and uh, really I'm very passionate about sales. Sales has yes. been a big driver of every business that I've been involved in. Um, and sales really lights me up. Sales is something that I enjoy doing. Um, yes. You know, I even don't mind hopping on the phone and doing cold calling just for fun. Yes. Um, so <laughs> some people cringe at the idea of cold calling, but uh, uh, there's something about it that just keeps you humble. And I like that. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so I got it my first sales job and really worked my way up to the top there pretty quickly. Um, was promised a managerial um, role. It didn't happen. Yes. So I left that company, did something very similar, uh, same industry, and took a VP of sales position. So there I was yes. leading a team, driving sales, recruiting, learning more of the, the back end business side of things. 
And one day just realized, I think that I could do this on my own. And uh, so my wife and I, uh, my wife and I did, we started that business and bootstrapped it to 5 million bucks. So, you know, we we're a bit of an IT VAR. So we sell things like hardware, um, office equipment, supplies, things like that. And we kind of niched down more into the uh, K through 12 education and government space. Um, but that industry was changing. Margins were getting thinner. More people were going online for a lot of these products. Um, so we had knew that we had to diversify that business. Um, and what that means is we had to find a way to be less product centric and build more of a recurring revenue, get into more services. And frankly, we tried many different services and a lot of them failed really bad. Um, you know, and we eventually stumbled across voice over IP as a service, selling that as a service. Initially, we were selling somebody else's solution, but I knew that there was a need because, you know, being a sales driven organization that highly relied on the phone, we had changed our provider five times in a two year period for different reasons, whether it was, you know, lack of support, dropped calls, you know, lack of mobility features or integrations or data. I mean, there was different reasons why we left different providers and none of them seemed to really foot the bill and just give a great experience to the customer being us. And uh, so that's how we really knew that there was a need for a different way in, a, in this space. Uh, we initially started out selling somebody else's solution um, yes. and then eventually realized that wasn't scalable and it became bigger than what we thought it was going to be and started another business. Excellent. Um, because I know I have used different voiceover IP companies uh, where, you know, doing call forwarding or so when I when I was in, in US two years ago, um, I still had calls coming to the Australian and the New Zealand phone numbers. And so I needed all sorts of so, you know, you go for a voice um, wipe type system and and then now the vice versa got calls coming from US or Australia into New Zealand. So yeah, um, but my experience hasn't been so good with the companies we've been with. Yes. We've got like disturbance um, or or some other noise or just you know a lot more sort of um, sales or cold calls coming in once you are with the VoIP and all sorts of issues we are having yes. um, um, that we aren't that satisfied with. So I completely understand and I can relate with your experience. The the question I have is that, you know, the the VoIP, the whole space is so crowded. There are so many companies doing it and, and a lot of them doing it as like, you know, the, as you said, like white label selling other people's solution. Yeah. How do you cut through all the noise? You yeah, that's a great question. So our whole offer is based on experience. So we like to call ourselves the happy phone company, all right? So the only way that we can compete in a super highly competitive space is by giving a better experience. Price matters, yes. Features matter, yes. But, you know, frankly, we all have the same features. Nobody really has any aha feature that nobody else has. Um, so it really comes down to quality and experience. Most of the customers that come from us, from a lot of the big names that most people are familiar with, uh, is for one or two reasons, either quality, they're getting drop calls all the time and they really are getting frustrated because they feel like they're losing business because of that, or yes. they're not getting treated right when they do need help or support. 
Um, and, you know, that might be sitting on hold for a long period of time. That might be, yes. you know, wasting their time with a level one support tech that's going to ask a bunch of series of questions and troubleshooting and stuff where entrepreneurs have better things to do than spit on, sit on a support call for 60 or 90 minutes to then finally get escalated to level two where somebody can solve their problem in five minutes. Yep. Very, very true. Um, Makes sense. Makes sense. And so what is the number one channel for you guys to acquire customers at the moment? Yeah. I mean, the number one challenge is really building our, uh, the strength of our brand, right? Everybody's yeah. heard of the big names and a lot of people still haven't heard of us. We're not small. We're not a fly by night operation, um, yes. but we still don't have that national brand recognition. So we really rely on case studies and reviews and feedback from customers, feedback from customers on how we can be better, how we can improve um, and, you know, leverage their feedback on us uh, and the reviews that they write to really just continue to, you know, go up market and scale our business. Yep. And, and what seems to work, you would say, for for the customers that you have acquired, how do you get them? <laughs> Where do you get them? Do you just do like Facebook ads, YouTube ads, all that? Or or do you have yeah, some other so strategies? We, we, yeah, so we have outbound calling team, right? So we have yes. SDRs that are doing a lot of outbound activity. Um, we do a lot of uh, cold email uh, marketing as well. Yeah. Um, like social media, LinkedIn is a huge lead generation source for us. Yes. Um, and content. We write, you know, good, high quality content, whether it's blogs, uh, things like that, answering questions that we know people are looking for that convert well. Um, so we get a lot of inbound traffic. We get, uh, we rank very well. We have a, a very talented um, full-time SEO engineer. Um, yes. And then a lot of our strategy has shifted now towards our partners. So because of my connections from my prior business, I'm very connected yes. in the office equipment space, the IT VAR space, the MSP space, um, yes. you know, these IT companies that are already providing services to their customers. So we give them a very easy way to sell our solution to their customers and they make a recurring commission from us for that. Fantastic. And I also saw, on your LinkedIn profile and on your website and everywhere that you guys also have a, have a podcast. How did that start? <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting story. So uh, I went on a podcast for the first time, a friend of mine um, who is my co-founder of SalesCast. Uh, I went on his podcast, uh, went in, it was an in-studio, you know, most podcasts yes. are virtual now, like what you and I are doing. Yes. Um, but this was in studio. I went to his studio in Irvine, California, yes. um, interviewed. We talked a little bit about my entrepreneur journey. We talked about, um, you know, I'm a father of three kids. So we talked a little bit about life, work balance, things like that. Um, and I had a great experience. So naturally, my question to him was, how do I start a podcast? <laughs> um, and he says, I can help you with that. So, you know, he helped me start the podcast and um, somebody who had a more established podcast came along and, you know, kind of burst my bubble because I had this idea that I was going to do maybe two episodes a month. You know, I was running three companies at the time, three young kids. And I just said, I think I can handle two episodes a month. And I think that's it. And he came along and he said, Oh no, if you want to get listed in the iTunes new noteworthy podcast, you have to do 20 podcasts and release them daily. 
and my jaw kind of dropped and I'm like, how am I going to do 20 episodes and release them daily? That seems like way too much, more than I can handle. Uh, but I was up for the challenge, so I did it. Now, I don't know if it helped us pick up listeners. I don't know if we got listed in the new Noteworthy at all. I don't know that. Uh, but what it did is it got me into that rhythm of just being very consistent with the podcast. I ended no. up interviewing over 130 incredible people in about two and a half months, built some amazing relationships, built a great community. Um, yes and created a super efficient process for podcasting because I didn't have a lot of time. So it had to be efficient. And so by the end of that, you know, Chris and I were talking and we're like, we've got to get this to more people. We want to make podcasting affordable for everybody. We don't want them to be, you know, before that, a lot of podcasting, there's a lot of courses out there. They're very expensive. Um, There's free, you know, there's free courses, but you know, Hey, Sometimes when it's free, you get what you pay for. Um, And a lot of the podcasting agencies out there were very expensive. So your average account executive or SDR couldn't really afford to hire somebody for a totally done for you podcast. Um, And we wanted to transform the way people do sales via podcasting, building real relationships with the right people. Um, So that's when we founded SalesCast and now we're growing fast and, you know, people love what we're doing for them. I mean, you know, you're doing a good job when people tell you you should be charging us a lot more than you are. Yeah, I do know. I do know lots of competitors for sales cast in this space and i do know the the pricing it's it is quite if it's an agency they are going to charge you an arm and a leg <laughs> that yeah. that is just the the reality looking back um looking back at your entrepreneurship journey what would you do differently now knowing that everything you know what advice would you have for a younger colin <laughs> that's that's a great question and i'm gonna say nothing yeah Now, not that I have done everything perfect, because that is definitely not the reason for that answer. Um, But sometimes you have to make mistakes to really learn. It's the experiences that make you who you are, you know, and a perfect example of that is, you know, I didn't have the easiest upbringing as a kid. My father wasn't around. I was raised by a single mom with three brothers who had to work. And, you know, I got into a little bit of trouble as a kid, but there's a lot of things that gave me the grit and resilience that I have to be the person that I am today. So I don't regret any of those experiences. Just like through my entrepreneur journey, I don't regret any of the mistakes that I made because they gave me the needed experience to take me to the next level uh, of that journey. Yep. Yep. So to the, so to answer your question fully, you know, the entrepreneur that's maybe early on or thinking about starting, it's just get started nothing, you're not going to have the perfect plan. There's never going to be the perfect time. Just get started and you'll be able to improve and adapt and get better and improve on the things that maybe you're weak at or realize that's maybe somewhere that you need to hire somebody. Um, You know, if you're just stuck in that thinking planning mode, um, that's not the best place to be. Just get started and improve. Yeah. 100% cannot agree more. It's just like, you know, if you are still waiting to get your podcast perfect. You would not have a podcast now. So, or yeah. any of the companies that you yeah. own. 
Oh yeah. And even like just to kind of on, on the topic of podcasting, right? A lot of people get stuck on the name. What should I name my podcast? And they really get caught up on thinking that they need to have the perfect name for the podcast. And what happens is they just don't get started because they never find the perfect name. So <laughs> what we tell people is like, what's the best name we can come up with today so that we can get started? Because you know what? You can always change the name. Exactly. You can always change the name. Yeah. So it's, um, it's like, you know, for even for my podcast, um, I took probably maybe half an hour to come up with the name. And I, I don't, I don't mind. I don't care. I just wanted to get started once I decided. Um, and I did not want to waste any more years because the, the right time to start a podcast was probably 10 years ago. The second best time is right now. <laughs> so, right. so it's like, I could waste and waste as much time as I want, but it's not going to help me. There could be people out there listening to it and benefiting from it. The longer I take, they'll miss out. Um, <clears throat> also, it's like I have seen that whenever entrepreneurs are inexperienced, they spend so much time and energy on building the right logo and doing things like that. It's like they spend, you know, <laughs> sometimes few weeks or a month on building, getting You're the right. right logo. Oh, and yeah. it's just, it's just and they have a, And at the end, they have a beautiful logo, but no business. No, exactly. <laughs> as you said, no product, no customers. <laughs> It's yeah. it's worthless, but yeah, that's but a that's fantastic it. logo. Yeah, that no one will ever get to see. <laughs> but that's that's just the the world that we are in. Um, you have so much experience for digital marketing with everything you have done, and you have had so much success in acquiring users or customers. Um, if someone is um, starting out now, um, let's take two different examples. One is a SaaS product startup. What mm -hmm. advice would you have for a SaaS product founder or a marketing yeah. manager? How should they promote it? Yeah, I would say start with the low cost, the low cost things that you can do, right? Yeah. Whether that's hiring an SDR uh, or even outsourcing it, you know, somebody that's going to generate leads for you via the phone. Um, and also you know, using cold email, um, LinkedIn, things like yes. that that are super low cost because you really need to nail your messaging down. A lot of people think, oh, I can just turn ads on. And if your messaging is not resonating with your ideal customer or it's not converting right, you're spending a lot of money on ads before you really perfected that messaging or what's going to convert or what's going to resonate. So do the low cost channels yes. like the phone, email, LinkedIn, social media, use those channels to really craft your messaging, see what works. And once those start converting well, then you can put some fire on it or some gasoline on it by turning on some ads. Excellent advice. What about for an e-commerce type startup where people are selling real products, um, founders are selling real products somewhere online? What would, any advice for them? I mean, to be honest, I don't have a lot of experience in marketing e-commerce, so I couldn't oh, okay. yep. really comment on that accurately, but I think you could. <laughs> oh man, so much, <laughs> so much. Yes. 
<laughs> I'll have to come on your podcast for that. <laughs> um, yeah, of course, of course. You know, you you want to leverage. You want to leverage. You want to find um, the people in your industry who have that the followership already of your target audience. So first thing is you need to know who is in the niche, um, you know, which niche you are going to sell to. You cannot be like, oh, everyone's my customer. That just means that no one is your customer. <laughs> um, when you are starting, you have to pick a pick a niche. You have to niche down. If you can identify that, okay, um, a 35-year-old mom living in in suburbs is my sort of customer, then okay, who do they follow? Who, what what activities are there? Where is their attention at? And then you try and leverage those people who already have got attention of that target audience um, or do some sort of a collaboration on content side, whether it is Instagram or other influencer sort of networks um, and, and go that way. That would be the, as you said, the lowest um, cost and the highest benefit or, or you'll get the best ROI that way. I would say. Um, but then again, the whole industry changes all the time. So you have to <laughs> keep up to, you have to keep doing, as you say, you cannot spend too much time thinking you have to keep doing because mm-hmm. only doing will teach you. <laughs> so what's, what's next? What's your um, plan? What does, um, what do you, what's your plan for the next few years? Yeah. I mean, we're going to keep, uh, we're going to keep growing the partner web network for monster VoIP and, uh, and we're going to continue to scale SalesCast. you know, helping people, uh, tell their story, helping them tell other people's stories and really transform the way that people do sales via podcasting. You know, I think podcasting is a great way to build the right relationship with the right people. Um, and you know, it's about really building, owning your list, building your list. And, you know, it's not about having a big list. It's about having a quality list. Yep. Yep. Very, very true. You love sales and it is very rare to meet people who, (laughs) who love sales, but it is like probably the number one skill that any startup founder needs. Um, how did you get better at sales or, you know, what was the first thing you sold? Yeah. So I sucked at sales when I started, just like anything you start, but the more you practice, the better you get. Um, and you make mistakes along the way and hopefully you learn for them, which helps you get better. And then always remaining open-minded and being willing to learn from other people. Not a lot of salespeople get stuck in this you know, they get a little bit of taste of success in sales or in business. And then they think that they then know it all. They're like the sales God and nobody knows better than them. And their <laughs> way is the only way that works. And that's just not true. You know, sales is a very dynamic skill. And, you know, there's a lot of people that do sales different ways. And, you know, you can learn something from, from other people and being open-minded is going to really help you improve your skill as a sales professional. Um, but the number one thing is always be, I always try to come from a place of always be helping, always be helping the customer improve their current state, always be helping them. So be honest, be authentic, you know, don't sell them something that they don't need just for the commission. Um, and if you don't believe that it's actually going to really help them and they're going to benefit from it. And if you stick to that, the sales will come. Excellent. Excellent advice. 
Um, that is that's why your banner on your LinkedIn also says always be helping. <laughs> yes, hundred percent. Yeah, Makes you know, sense. and that's not how I learned. You know, when I first learned, it was always be closing. Right? Yes, <laughs> it's like yes, you, the ABC, you know, the, the the very famous the AIBA yeah. attention, interest, and all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Action. You know, my first my first sales job, they gave me a phone and a list of names and a script, and it was like you know, build rapport and then, you know, throw out an offer. If they say no, throw out another offer and then change this. If they say no, change the subject and throw out another offer. <laughs> <laughs> so not, not so much of um, empathy there and not asking. <laughs> zero, thought, zero, zero empathy and yes. zero. Yeah. Zero empathy in that, in that script for sure. Because I always thought that the best way is to ask why and and understand what the customer needs so you can cater to their need. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, see, the problem is some people do ask that, but they really don't care. So it's like fake yes. empathy. I'm asking you why. I'm asking you how. I'm asking you these questions just so I can get to my next question to close you. Um, <laughs> but when you really try to understand like deeper level stuff, like, okay, why is that important to you? How is that going to change your business? How is that going to affect you personally? When you really understand the deeper reason behind the answers, it's much easier to help them. Sometimes they do need some help to get to that future desired state, which is them buying your product or service. Um, but when you help them realize it at a deeper level, it's easier to get there. 100%. And I have seen that mistake um, sorry to put my two cents in. In in also with tech startup founders, they do this all the time. So they have come up with an idea for say mm-hmm. like a mobile app or a SaaS product or something, and they love their idea. Of course, everyone loves their babies. You know, <laughs> it's their yeah. baby. So so when they go to validate their idea or their concept, they already have an objective in the mind. It's kind of like the ABC. They want to close that person to agreeing with what they are, um, what their idea is, even though they don't want a physical sale. And even the surveys they create, everything is leading to the person on the other side saying, oh yeah, it's a fantastic idea. Go and build it <laughs> because that's what yeah. they want subconsciously. And so even when they ask people, okay, what what's their needs and why everything is leading to that. And it's not with an open mind and not with a, real genuine interest to understand the customer's real problems so that they can solve real problems and get product market fits. I see this all the time, even in other founders who are not doing sales, (laughs) but just validating their idea at early stages. So yeah, Yeah. very, very true. So before we go, um, I have these three questions. And first one is, is there a book that you're reading right now? Well, uh, before we started recording, there was somebody who told me about a very interesting book. Uh, do you know what the name of that book might be? I think you have it. Ha- I think you have a book handy there somewhere. It is a thirty-day startup. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the next book on my list. So I'm uh, more of an I'm more of an audio book guy. Yes. Uh, so I don't know if you have the audible version of your book, but I, I that is you- that is on my to-do list to get all my books in, in on Audible as well. Um, and also yeah. start putting some of the content out from it on the podcast and just sharing on how to build a minimum viable product in the next 30 days and 
also the rest half of the book that is um, devoted to how to acquire users for your tech startup or your tech product. <laughs> Ooh, 30 so, days, how to, woo, 30 days. There's no, there's no sleeping schedule involved in that 30 days. <laughs> it's 24 no, no, this, this is a minimum viable product. So it does not have to be a full product. It's a bit like DoorDash, how DoorDash got started. You know, it's just, yeah. it just had a form, like a Google form type thing. And then people just ordered over that. And these guys, they just opened it in the Stanford area. And because that's where they were going to school or university. And then they would just run out of, from their class and just go and buy the burger and deliver it to the nearest this was many years ago many many years yeah ago. yeah yeah and when that that sort of a solution worked it takes a day to build that sort of a thing a lot of the mvps or minimum viable products are built sometimes even within a week and the thing is it's just a facade on the front and in the back end you either have a white label product or you're doing it you're providing the service yourself or or like as a manual way <laughs> um yeah. And once you have the customers, you have the community, then you know, okay, cool. There is something here. Let's go and build the algorithm and do the whole thing. So we don't have to do the manual work and it's more yeah. scalable. So that's what the, in, in a condensed form, the idea is. Second, recommendations for a podcast. <laughs> recommendations for podcasts? Oh, yes. podcasts to listen to? Yes, that, that you listen to or, or that you like. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So my podcast, I have, uh, one podcast monster chats. So yes. I'm a big fan of that one. <laughs> Fantastic. I'll check it. Yeah. Actually, I found out, um, about um, it today. And I, I'm just yeah. So- I mean, the one that everybody knows of that I'm a fan of is entrepreneurs on fire. Um, yes. and I also like a uh, startup hustle and then, uh, original story, um, which is my co-founders podcast. So those are all great podcasts to, to check out. And I will be starting a new podcast soon as well. More focused on sales. More focused. Okay. Oh, I'd love to check it out. What's original stories about? Yeah. So uh, original story by Salescast. So Chris Decker is the co-founder of Salescast. Um, and he basically, the season that he's on right now is he's going out and interviewing other podcasters, uh, learning about their journey of podcasting. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. And um, the last question is, if you had unlimited time, money and resources, what would you build or what would you work on? If I had unlimited time, money and resources, what would I? Um, I probably would spend, I don't, that's a tough question. That's a tough one. Um, uh, I would travel more with my family, you know, yeah. run. A, I, I would not stop working cause I like working. Um, so I would start something new, maybe, um, you know, helping startups launch <sighs> and, uh, maybe do some consulting that take a limited time and spend more time just traveling with my family. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. What's stopping you from doing that now? <laughs> Apart from COVID, of course, you cannot travel. Well, yeah, there's, there's, there's that. Yes. Um, and, you know, my kids are still young, so they're just getting yeah. started in school and stuff like that. So um, that is a great question. I will have to talk to my wife about that. 
Yeah, because you could <laughs> run everything remotely and a lot of people do that, like, you know, nomadic entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah, no, we do. I mean, our whole team is remote. So, yes. I mean, it, so we have is... been that way for a long time. So, yeah. yeah so there's nothing stopping you. <laughs> except and, for COVID. Yes. Well, except for COVID. Once COVID, <laughs> is, COVID is done, um, finally, do you have a ask? Are you looking for team, investors, customers? What are you looking for? Uh, not looking for investors, um, always looking for customers. I mean, you know, the best type of relationships for me right now, are basically anybody who's looking to start or grow a podcast. Uh, if, if I can help them, whether they become clients or not, I love talking about podcasting, what's working, what's not working, sharing the mistakes that we've made, sharing tips, tricks, things that they can do. I love talking about anything that has to do with podcasting. I'm happy to, you know, connect with people, talk about it. And uh, whether they come a client or not is, doesn't matter. Excellent. I know lots of people who love talking about podcasting. I will connect you to a few of them. It's <laughs> great. Thank you so much, Colin. I'll put links to all the things that you do underneath in the description for anyone who's interested in connecting with you. And yeah. Um, Thanks, Sam. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Want Money, Got Money with Sam Kamani. Hope you enjoyed the show and got some valuable insights that would help you in your startup or your business. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate this show on your favorite platform. It would be extremely helpful and I just cannot tell you how much I would appreciate that.